Welcome to the She Connects podcast. My name is Susan Vandenhubel, and I am honored to be your host each and every week. This is an extension of my ministry, She Rises, that allows me to connect with women in the online space. You can learn more about me and my ministry at www.sherisesmn.org or simply tap the link in the show notes. But for now, let's dive into this week's episode. Well, all right, ladies, welcome back to the show. I'm excited that you're here again this week. And wow, we are going to be continuing in this short mini series that I started a couple of weeks ago on your identity in Christ. And I I just have to say, as a, just a friendly reminder, this is not an exhaustive list that we're covering each week. I mean, we could be here for the rest of the year <laughs> and probably even beyond. The Word of God is so full of, you know, just pieces of our identity in Christ that has already been given to us, bought and paid for, fully provided for us through the complete and finished work of Jesus Christ. And so in this mini series, I'm really just highlighting a few of the ones that really seem to be brought up to me in conversation that I have had over, you know, just over the course of 20 years of ministry, you know, with women just really coming to me with these specific questions and, you know, just facing obstacles in their life that would want them to be kind of held back in these particular pieces of their identity in Christ. And so I thought that I would kind of hit those the most. Again, open up the the word of God and, and just really sit and allow him, you know, just pray a, a brief prayer and invite him, invite his Holy Spirit to show you um, even more of, of who you are in Christ. Maybe you want to do, you know, just a, a more in-depth type study in these particular ones that we're covering in this mini series. And then there's also others. And here's the thing, God wants you to know and live from who you are in Christ. He wants you to know that because he provided it for you. And so he he wants you to, to live in the fullness of your identity in Christ, the identity that he has purchased for you. So of course, he is going to point those areas out for you and, um, and help you through the power of his Holy Spirit to walk those out in your life. So this week, we're going to be talking about living victoriously. It's going to be a great episode. I'm going to really do my best to stay on track because there are three three different areas, three specific areas that I have found not only in my own life, but again, over 20 years of ministry and sitting with women that really kind of feel like these, these specific areas are what holds us back from really believing and living from a place of victory. So I'm going to get into that in just a few minutes, but I want to give you just a little heads up about what's coming up here on the podcast so that you can make sure that you are coming back each and every week. Uh, I know that summer is upon us and from one summer gal to another summer gal, I am all about summer. (laughs) I'm all about being outside and the sunshine and all of that. 
But, you know, take take the podcast along on your on your prayer walks or while you're out on your kayak or working in your garden or wherever you might be, Um, because we have some really great episodes coming up here on the She Connects podcast. If you were not able to attend the She Rises Women's Conference that was held um, in the middle of May, it was fantastic testimonies that are coming in. Uh, First of all, they started rolling in really quick this year, and so they're still coming in. And once again, I am just standing in complete awe and just wonder of how God moved. And so we had three, three different speakers, three different sessions, uh, and each, uh, each of those sessions were recorded. And so I'm going to make them available here on the podcast. So those will be coming up. And then my message at She Rises was kind of pulled from the story of Bartimaeus in Mark's Gospel, chapter 10. And at the conference, I had mentioned that the Lord had really, really just given me some deeper revelational insight into the story of Bartimaeus that he really hasn't revealed to me quite in this way like he did this year. Uh, And so I thought, you know, I didn't have time to get into it at She Rises, but I thought, you know what, I'm going to make those episodes here. And those are going to be really powerful and impactful episodes for you too, because we're going to be talking about the voices in your life and, you know, just really making sure that who you allow to speak into your life are people that are really, really championing you forward and pushing you to reach higher in your faith because the voices in Bartimaeus's life in that story in Mark's gospel chapter 10, it was really powerful how he responded to those voices. So that's just one piece that we're going to be, we're going to be talking about And then also just really uh, looking more closely at the outer garment that he was wearing and that he shook off. And so we're going to be diving into a few of those things. And then I also want to have an episode on specific steps for you to step into um, the things that God has called you to. You know, I've been talking to several of you. You've been sharing. God is stirring this on the inside of me and, um, you know, just asking and really inviting me to speak into those, sit and just kind of listen to this is what's in my heart. Does this sound crazy? Am I out of my mind? Um, And just really being able to speak into that. And so I want to do an episode on that, but I also included in that episode, I want to highlight some specific things, you know, to expect as, as maybe kind of uh, resistance or obstacles that you will face as you begin to take steps toward fulfilling the things that God has planned for you. And those are taken right out of the my own story, my own life. Uh, again, I've been serving the Lord for a long time. I, <laughs> I uh, have been logging a lot of miles with the Lord and I've been in ministry for 20 years. And so I don't say that to say, wow, look at me, I'm all that in a bag of chips. But I, I do have a lot of experience under my belt. And if I can pass that along to other people, be, and help them help them to be able to face those things and not allow those things to cause people to shrink back or to kind of hesitate or to doubt you know what God has called them to I just really want to give away everything that God has shown me and helped me to overcome so those things are coming up all right so victorious living living a victorious life uh you know I think that just really 
piggybacking off of last week's episode, your position in Christ and, you know, that, that God has, that God has seated you in heavenly places with Christ. And I referred to Ephesians chapter two, verses five and six. I want to encourage you really from, you know, from that episode last week and really going forward. And you can apply what I'm about to say to any piece of your identity in Christ. Everything that he has purchased for you and given to you, no one can unseat you from a place that God has positioned you. Let me say that again. You have been, according to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 5 and 6, God has seated you in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Okay, because God has seated you there, no one can unseat you from that place because they're not the ones that have given it to you. God has given it to you. It's been purchased for you from uh, through the, the complete and finished work of Jesus Christ. And so only he, only he can place you there and no one else can unseat you from that place. In other words, no one can take your identity from you. We're talking in this mini series about your identity, who you are in Christ. No one can take your identity from you. People's opinions, uh, no, you living victoriously, we're talking about this week, choosing a victorious lifestyle, choosing a victorious mindset, letting go, shaking off anything from your past. And, you know, it doesn't matter what other people think about you. It doesn't matter what other people think about you pursuing God's best in your life. It doesn't matter what other people think about, you know, if you've lost your mind, you know, you're believing God for bigger things. You're dreaming bigger. You're wanting to really step into the fullness of who God created you to be. And people are rolling their eyes and, you know, kind of questioning you and, and maybe even, you know, verbalizing their, their doubts and their, and their skepticism and, and, you know, just really making that known to you, their disapproval or criticizing you. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because your identity and what God has called you to it doesn't hinge on whether or not people approve of that or support that or champion you forward or believe in believe in you. It doesn't matter because you can't be unseated from the position that has been purchased for you. You can live from a place of victory because Jesus has already borne your defeat. Let me say that again because that is so important for just really, it lays the groundwork for the rest of this week's episode. You can live from a place of victory because Jesus has already bore your defeat. Remember last week, if you listened to last week's episode, I talked about and stressed the importance of understanding that we live from the place that has been given to us. We live from the identity that has been given to us. We're not living for it. In other words, trying to achieve it or earn it somehow because it's not dependent upon us. It's dependent upon what Christ has already done for us. So we can live from a place of victory because Jesus has already bore your defeat. You are not a defeated person. Defeat is not in your identity. That is not your portion as a child of God. 
It's not in there. Defeat is not how God sees you. It is not his plan for you. And uh, living as a defeated person is not what Jesus gave his life for on the cross and, and purchased for you. That's victorious living is what he purchased for you. So defeat is nowhere in your identity as a child of God. So the three areas that I have found in all of my years of ministry, I too have had to face these these three main, main areas, but also again, like I emphasized earlier, these are the three main areas that not only have shown up in my life, but I have had countless conversation and spent countless hours with women walking them through these specific areas. Are there other areas? Yes, but these are the three main ones that I have personally encountered, not only in my own life, but in sitting with other women. All right. Number one, people feel like I can become and I can I can start living a victorious life when my prayers are answered or that need is provided for or breakthrough happens. Then I will be a victorious person. Then I will be. The problem with that, with that mindset, with that narrative is we are placing our hope and power in something other than Jesus. In other words, we're placing everything in a particular outcome or, you know, it going a particular way other than Jesus. But what happens if your prayers aren't answered the way you thought that they would? or the need is met differently, or the breakthrough takes longer than what you thought it would. So then does that mean that you're not victorious then because your prayers were answered in a way that maybe you didn't think they would be, or your need was provided in a way that that maybe you you weren't expecting, and or maybe breakthrough is taking longer than what you thought it would be, so then you're not a victorious person. That isn't biblically supported. Sister, I love you. And I just want to champion you forward in what is true and what heaven declares over you. You are already victorious, even while you are waiting for your breakthrough. You are victorious, even while you are waiting for your prayers to be answered. You are victorious, even if the prayers are answered in a way that you maybe weren't expecting because it doesn't hinge on any of those things. Again, it hinges on what Jesus has already provided for you. So even while you are waiting for the breakthrough, you are already victorious. James chapter one, verses one through five, really great scripture verses there. But I want to, what I want to highlight specifically is it says that we should count it all blessing, that we should rejoice in trials. And, you know, I mean, I don't know about you, but in the natural sense, doesn't that kind of make us like our, our heads kind of go tilt, tilt, right? What do you mean? This is really difficult. And, you know, I'm, I'm really waiting for a breakthrough here. I'm really waiting for my prayers to be answered. And this is really hard and it's stretching my faith and it doesn't feel good. But God is telling me to rejoice in that. Here's the thing. We don't rejoice in the trials themselves, but Living victoriously means that we can rejoice in the possible outcome, including the fruit that it will produce in our lives. 
that's a victorious mindset. That's living victoriously. You know, we're, we're saying, God, I, I don't know how this is going to look. I don't know how this prayer is going to be answered. I don't know how this need is going to be met. I don't know when breakthrough is going to come, but I believe that you created me to win. And I believe that I am already victorious, that victory is awaiting as awaiting me. And I'm going to choose to live from a place of victory because my hope and my resolve and my, my faith is resting in you and what you have provided for me. First John chapter five and verse four says, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Deuteronomy chapter 20 and verse four, for the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you the victory. And so see, even while you're, you're maybe in a spiritual battle, you've already been assured victory. It's already yours. You're just, as people of faith, we are just waiting for it to be manifested. In other words, to be able to see it with our natural eyes. But faith is the currency of heaven. And so, you know, and God's kingdom is kind of upside down. You know, in the world's eyes, you kind of hear this, this quote that, you know, I'll believe it when I see it. Well, that doesn't really apply to king to the kingdom of God. You see, the kingdom of God seems kind of upside down or backwards according to the world standards because faith is the currency of heaven. And so as people of God and with a kingdom mindset, living as a kingdom person, we say, God, I believe that this is mine. I believe that breakthrough is coming. I believe that you are going to answer my prayers even before I see it, I am choosing to believe it. See how that's different than the world? See, we are breaking any alliance or any agreement uh, that, we, that we've made with the world. And we are us instead aligning ourselves with what is true in, in the kingdom. Romans 8.31, what is our response to all these things? For if God is for us, who can be against us? As a child of God, He's on your side. <laughs> Isn't that incredible that you have the God of all heaven and all earth, the creator of all things that are good, the one who puts the, the sun and the moon um, and the stars in the sky and he tells them to stay and they stay, the one who creates the, the height of the mountains and the, the depths of the ocean and sets the boundaries and said, you can only come this far, this God he is for you and he is not against you. And he has already provided you the victory. Man, that's just so incredible. First Corinthians 15, 57 says, thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. See there again, who is it through? It's not through me. It's not in a particular outcome. It's not when or if it's already been given to us through Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, chapter 2 in verse 14. Now thanks be unto God who always leads us in triumph. He is leading you triumphantly. He doesn't lead you in defeat. <laughs> I love that. He doesn't lead us in defeat. No, no, no. That's not who he is because defeat is nowhere in Jesus Christ. 
Defeat is nowhere in God the Father. Defeat is nowhere in God the Holy Spirit. It is nowhere in him. When he went to the cross, he defeated everything. He defeated everything. There is nothing that the enemy can throw at us. There's nothing that we can uh, encounter on this side of heaven that can that can defeat us because we have Christ living on the inside of us and everything hinges upon what he has provided for us. Amen. All right. Number two, the number two uh, reason why, why people feel like, uh, I don't know if I, um, if I am a victorious person, if I can really live from that place uh, as a victorious person that you have failed before you have failed before. Listen, failing at something and being a failure are two different things. Those are two different things, my friend. Failing at something and being a failure, those are two different things. In Christ, you aren't defined by your worst moment because he is the one that defines you. Isn't that incredible? I don't know who needs to hear that, but I I just really believe that someone is getting set free right now by hearing that, that in Christ, you are not defined by your worst moment because Jesus Christ is the one that defines you. Um, you know, and as I was talking earlier about no one can unseat you from a position that God has been, that God has given to you, failure and your worst moment can't unseat you. <laughs> failure and your worst moment, even those things cannot unseat you because God has positioned you. And it is from that place that we are living. And he is the one that defines you. Nothing on this side of heaven, no one on this side of heaven defines you, but God alone. In Christ, when we fail at something, it doesn't mean that we fail in totality because in him, we actually fail forward. Are we going to fail at some things? Yep, we are. It's a part of living life. It's a part of living as a person on the earth in a fallen world because we are not perfect. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. Billy Graham wasn't perfect. Your, your pastor isn't perfect. That Bible study teacher that you really admire. No one is perfect. We're, we're not. We are imperfect people living, living in an imperfect world. And so we are going to make mistakes. And every now and then we are going to fail at things. But those things do not define us. They do not define us. Again, we fail forward in Christ. In other words, when we fail forward in him, we are actually learning and growing. And then we get back up again. We get back up again where I think it's in the book of Proverbs that says the righteous fall seven times, but they get back up. And again, is is the number seven, the, the author of Proverbs, is he saying that, that that's an exhaustive number? No, he's, he's but he's stressing a point that, look, in this life, in this life, you're going to fall down sometimes. You're going to, in other words, you're going to fail sometimes. You're going to make some mistakes. You're going to... You're going to make a decision or that, you know, you're, you're, you're going to do something. You're going to say something that you feel like, oh, I wish I, you know, in hindsight, I really wish I wouldn't have done that. Listen, <laughs> living as imperfect people in an imperfect world, it's, it's kind of just a part of living. Like we, we live life forward, but we understand it backward. 
In other words, you know, here I am at age 52 and looking back at, you know, my 40s, my 30s, even my 20s, you know, did I know then what I know now? Nope. But you know what? It's because I have grown and I have more life experience under my belt. I've matured and I've allowed failure and my mistakes to be some really great teachers and lay them down at the at the foot of the cross and allow the Lord to, you know, kind of do this divine exchange, if you will. Like I'm going to lay my failures, I'm going to lay my mistakes, I'm going to lay my regrets, I'm going to lay my shame down at your feet, and I'm going to rise as a whole being. I'm going to rise as a victorious person. I'm going to rise as as a, as someone who is positioned uh, in Christ, seated in heavenly places, wearing the robe of righteousness because I was never meant to wear uh, a mantle of regret and shame because in Christ, I fail forward. I can learn from this. I may fall seven times, but you know what? As a daughter of the King of Kings, I'm going to get up eight and I'm going to get up nine and I'm going to get up 10 and in Christ and in his strength and in his strength alone, I'm going to keep getting up time and time again. The time after that and the time after that, I'm going to keep getting up. And I so hope that that is your position of faith too, that you are going to say, you know what? Yeah, I have failed at some things, but failure doesn't define me because in Christ, I fail forward and I am not, I choose to not be defined by my worst moment. I choose to not allow whatever that was over there to define me and to cause me to, to be unseated because that doesn't have, that doesn't have the authority and the power to unseat me. And it doesn't matter if, if, if people feel like, you know, you failed at that before and you, you tried that once before and, and, and you failed miserably at, at that. Who do you think you are that you can, you know, kind of give it another whirl and, and come at it again? Listen, <laughs> set that aside. People are always going to have their opinions. It doesn't matter because they don't define you, right? They don't define you. In Romans chapter 8, verses 33 through 39, you know, it, it gives us just this incredible list that the Apostle Paul gives about, you know, what can separate us from the love of Christ and just so, so incredible. And he lists all of these things that you and I could could say, well, what about this? And, and okay, so maybe not that, but what about this? And it's like we have all of these lists of things and he just really kind of hammers all of them. And, and really it kind of leads into another piece of our identity in Christ as an overcomer. But the apostle Paul says, even in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Through Christ Jesus, we are more than conquerors. That's another piece of your identity in Christ that, that I'm not even covering this week, but that's another piece of your identity in Christ. You are an overcomer. You are more than a conqueror. And so how does that tie into, well, I've failed before and so I can't live a victorious life. Listen, as in that list in, in Romans chapter 8, verses 33 through 39, uh, you know what? You can look at any of those and you can say, these are the things, these, these are some of the things why I can't live as a victorious person. But in all of these things, including failures, including mistakes, 
You are an overcomer. You are more than a conqueror in and of yourself, in and of your own strength. Nope. But through Christ Jesus, because he is the one that has defined you. He is the one that has seated you in heavenly places and no one or no thing can unseat you. All right. Number three is a victim mind mentality, a victim mentality. And I actually thought, do I need to do just a whole separate episode on this one here? Because there is so much that I could say about a victim mentality versus victorious mentality, but I, I don't know. We need to move on here in this in this uh, mini series. But I really feel like if if this is something that you're struggling with, can I just humbly encourage you to go to God uh, with this third point and allow Him to really minister to you from that place and and just allow you to to really just rise victorious in in this area. A victim mentality is really allowing pieces of our story to define us. Essentially, what, what we're doing in a victim mentality is making what we've been through to have more authority and power in our lives than what Jesus has already done for us. Isn't that incredible when you think about that? Let me repeat that. A victim mentality is making what we've been through to have more authority and power in our lives than what Jesus has already done for us. And when we stop and we think about that, like really, truly stop and think about that. Is there anything greater than what Jesus has done for us on the cross? I mean, think about that. Is there anything that you could go through on this side of heaven that could be greater than what Jesus has done for you. Wow. I mean, that that self-reflection, that just really sitting and thinking about that is so powerful. It's so powerful because Jesus Christ, Scripture tells us, is the Lord of Lords. He is the King of Kings. The Bible tells us that it's His name that every knee will bow and every tongue confess that he and he alone is Lord. He is the all-knowing one. He is the all-powerful one. No one outranks him. No one can outpower him. No one can unseat him, right? No one can outseat him. No one outranks him. No one can outvote him. He cannot be outdone. He is matchless. He is limitless in his power. And so when we live in a victim mentality and we say, but that one thing that that person did to me or didn't do for me, maybe, you know, can be either, either way or what they said to me or that experience that I had. And, and, you know, we kind of, kind of like sit then in that spot and we just keep like ruminating in it and we just keep kind of feeding it and feeding it and feeding it. Essentially what we're doing is we're giving that a greater authority and greater power, a greater place in our lives and in our faith than what Jesus did for us. And there is nothing, there is nothing greater than what Jesus Christ has done for us 
in his complete and finished work on the cross. If we're going to kind of break this down, you know, when we think about a victim mentality and living victoriously, really what we're, what we're kind of breaking this down to, it, it's really kind of simple. I mean, if I can use that word simple, really to just kind of strip this down and, and make it um, something that's understandable and applicable to our lives. There's identify with versus identity. Let me say that again. Identifying with versus identity. So let me just quickly define this as we're applying it to this week's episode. When you identify with something that you have been through in your life, really what what that means is that you can identify having been through something, which allows you really to have empathy and um, be able to meet people where they're at, right? With something that maybe you've been through and then allow, you know, just uh, it allows you to be able to testify of God's goodness and how he has helped you to get through it, right? So you can identify with something. So for example, some of the things that I've been through in my life, I can identify with those things, but that's not my identity, okay? Because what I've been through is not who I am. That doesn't define me. So there's identify with and then identity. So identity in a victim mentality is I am what has happened to me. Okay. So identify with, let me run through this again real quick. Identify with means that I can identify having been through that, whatever that would be, fill in the blank for you, which then allows you to have empathy and to be able to meet people where they're at in their own pain and and having to walk through that. And then it allows you to be able to testify of God's goodness and what he has helped you with in that specific area. Okay, so that's identify with. Identity, on the other hand, as it applies to a victim mentality, is I am what has has happened to me. In other words, what what has been done to me or what I've been through is who I am. That's my identity. When that is not true, that is not that is not supported biblically. That is not what heaven declares over you, because again, you are not what has been done to you. You are not what you have been through. You are not what has happened to you, what has been said about you, the labels that have been placed on you, because you are everything that Jesus says that you are. And so if you are identi- if your identity is placed in something on this side of heaven, well, then you're living under a lie. I would be living under a lie. And it's time for us, it is God's heart for you and for me to exchange the lie for the truth of who we are in Christ, right? So again, I feel like there's so much more I could just really dive into in in this victim mentality. But I just really want to encourage you that I know that this is not a blab and grab type of faith. I am I am just not about that. I think that that's a false kind of faith. I don't believe that that that's supported biblically. But what I do believe is that applying these pieces of our identity in Christ, it, it requires you and I to be intentional. It requires you and I to be intentional. It requires us to be aware. Uh, You've heard me if you've been around She Rises, if you've been around 
the podcast long enough, you've read my books, you've heard me say that that awareness piece is really powerful. And we cannot afford to be women that are passive in our thoughts and just, you know, allow just these these lies to, to come into our mind and, and just kind of sit there and, you know, just really not be proactive and, and really kind of come against those things with the truth. It requires us to be to be renewed in our mind, as the book of Romans chapter 12 tells us, there's that renewal of the mind, and then an application of the truth, okay? So, you know, we're receiving the truth, we're hearing the truth, we're reading the truth, but we have to also do what, what the book of James tells us to be doers of the word, okay? Not just merely hearers of the word, but then take it that next step and be doers of the word. When I look at the book of Psalms and, you know, David just, I'm just incredible. He just penned some really incredible Psalms. I mean, we all love the book of Psalms, right? But have you ever noticed that even in his kind of melancholy, kind of in his, his times of doubting, his times of questioning God and um, just his times of, of just even darkness of soul, you know, kind of walking through his own valleys and, and just testings of his own faith. Do you ever notice that sometimes he speaks to himself, right? There's, there's some Psalms where he says, oh my soul, why are you so downcast? Oh my soul, you know, and he's, and he's talking to himself. And then he says, he answers, he answers himself. He says, put your hope in God. And so see, there's that piece of, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm feeling, but this is truth. This is what I know to be truth. Uh, some of the things that that have helped me over the years in just really walking this out in my own life and you know just as I was kind of really beginning to understand and apply my faith to my identity in Christ um, you know of course I'm much farther along now but in my earlier years of faith this was a whole new thing for me and so some of the things that helped me really gain some ground and some victory in these areas of my life <laughs> I'm just going to be honest with you. I know some of you might giggle at me. Uh, some people have over the years kind of raised their eyebrows and thought, wow, you're kind of a radical person. I really didn't care. I was so determined to be free in these areas and I was willing to do whatever Susan needed to do to be free. Okay. To, to get free and to, to live free. Right. So I, <laughs> I wrote out recipe cards. I grabbed some, just some regular recipe cards and I wrote out scripture verses and I put them on my refrigerator. I hung them on my bathroom mirror. I taped them to the mirror in my bedroom. I had them in my Bible. I had them in my purse. I was so determined. And then I also listed out on a, like a, regular sheet of paper or you know you can you know, type it out on your laptop too but specific verses that I really wanted to grow in and I wanted my roots to grow deeper and my pieces of identity in Christ that I am victorious I am a child of God I am loved I am accepted I am seated in heavenly places I am confident I am called I've been created with a purpose I am I, I've been brought near I you know just all of these all of these different things and then I would write you know the corresponding scripture verses to each of those and I would say them out of my mouth every single day 
in as part of my time with the Lord. I would repeat them out of my mouth. And because there's something about faith's confession, there's something about saying it and verbalizing it out of our mouths because you're always listening. I'm always listening to myself. So we need to make sure that the words that we're saying out of our mouth, that they're things that are going to champion us forward. Like I just uh, highlighted with David in the Psalms. Why are you so downcast? Put your hope in the hope, put your hope in God. Okay. So everywhere David was going, you know, he, everywhere David went, so did his faith, right? Everywhere David went, so did he. And so he had to make sure that what he was saying was creating faith and stirring that up on the inside of him because our words have creative power. And so faith confession, when we're confessing these things out of our mouth, it returns to us and it's either going to plant seeds of insecurity or it's going to or it's going to create or it's going to plant seeds of security so we have a choice there and so every single day we are planting seeds every single day we are sowing into our faith every single day i sow into my faith you sow into your faith and it's important that that we pay attention to the seeds that we're sowing are the seeds that you're sowing building you up in your faith? Are are they championing you forward? Are they causing you to put your hope in God? Are they are they causing you to reach higher and to believe God for the best in your life? Man, that's really powerful right there. Each and every day we're sowing seeds each and every day. And so I just want to champion you forward in that because because God has God God wants you to to live from a place of victory because that's what he's provided for you. That's how he seeds you. I highlighted a verse. That's how he leads you. <laughs> that's how he leads you. And so let's partner our faith. Let's partner our ourselves and align ourselves with, with what heaven declares over us, a kingdom mindset, right? Because that's what God has for you. And that's what he has for me. All right. So I'm going to leave you with that and tune in next week because next week we're going to be talking about living from a place of acceptance because Jesus has already bore your rejection. So long before anyone had a chance to reject you, he already accepted you. Amen. All right. I'll catch you right back here next week. Same time, same place. I love you. I'm believing in you. I'm believing for you. And I'm championing you forward in everything that God has for you. Have a great rest of your week. Thank you so much for joining me this week. It was great connecting with you. Hey, would you do me a quick favor that would mean the world to me? Would you go ahead and leave a few stars and a review or even a comment? It not only means so much to me, but in the online space and the podcasting world, the more stars, reviews, and comments that a podcast receives, the further the reach. It ranks up a little bit higher in Google searches, which then results in reaching more women with this amazing content. So if you are blessed and enjoying, you know, just the content that you are hearing here on the podcast, would you go ahead and leave a few stars, a review and some comments? It means the world to me. Thank you so much. And I'll catch you right back here. Same place, same time next week.